Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. Michaela, 30 episodes. What do you think about that? I think that is pretty amazing. I am kind of, I'm really surprised. It feels like it has not taken this long to get to 30. And I'm so excited looking at the catalog of movies that we have done. I'm very proud because I think we've done a little bit of everything. Yeah, we've covered a lot of ground. And yeah, it's been really fun. And 30 episodes came pretty quick. So yeah, that's exciting. But uh, what have you been up to? Have you been watching anything good or drinking anything good? Yeah, I found a really nice version of a mojito that uses that aged rum Okay, that we talked uh, about on the last episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's, you know, you do pretty much everything the same, only um, it's got the Simple syrup, it's got brown sugar instead of regular sugar. And I think Mm -hmm. that might be different. And then, you know, you muddle the mint and everything. But um, I used the aged rum and that was really nice. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, it was was good. If anybody's into rum at all, they should check out aged rum because I am now a humongous fan. Yeah, well, that's that's good. And now we have some aged rum from last week. So I'll have to uh, try making a mojito with it and see what I think about that. So do it. But yeah, other other than that, let's see. I So I watched the premiere of Loki. That was real good. Uh, really interested to see where that goes. They've set it up. Could uh, <laughs> who knows what could happen? But I really enjoyed that. Um, you know, just been watching the uh, football, have the Euros going on. So I've been watching that kind of every day as they're playing the group games here. And yeah, just enjoying summer. Uh, had some friends down from New York and they brought me a one of my favorite whiskeys called Iron Smoke. So I've been uh, sampling a little bit of that while I watch the uh, football. And, Iron yeah. Smoke? That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Maybe we'll talk about that uh, on the uh, lobby bar sometime. But yeah, it's one of my favorites. So yeah, just been having that, watching some football. Nothing, nothing too serious. I still have, you know, plans to watch the uh, Le-Manuel Miranda musical uh, in the Heights uh, here sometime. I have a plan to actually watch it this weekend. So that's my, that's my goal is to get that watched. So, well, they say that when you're trying to endeavor to do something to make a plan. So I'm glad that you're making a plan. That's excellent. Yeah. And so that's all pretty good, but unfortunately it's not all good news here in my neck of the woods because they're they're trying to build a golf course right where my house is. And I've got to come up with some money fast, but luckily I was up in the attic and I found a treasure map. So I could be onto something. You could be. I mean, maybe there's some rich stuff there and like a one-eyed pirate and, you know, a sloth and some adventure. Let's grab a drink and see if we can make it further than Chester Copperpot. After all, Goonies never say die, right? 
That's right. Goonies never say die. And we never do anything without grabbing a drink first. So why don't we uh, take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk about this week's cocktail. This week's cocktail is called the Goonie and it comes to us from Rogue Spirits, which is located in Oregon, which is where um, the town of Astoria is, which is where uh, the Goonies actually is based. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah, that's right. So uh, Rogue is a brewery and they also do some uh, distilling there, some different spirits. And we found this one online. So I don't know. It was just on the, like their blog section of their website. So I don't know if they were doing like a Goonies themed, like dinner or just coming up with, you know, some fun stuff to do with their, uh, cocktails, but yeah, it was pretty fun and, uh, seemed right up our alley for covering the Goonies. It sure did. It was their 35th anniversary. I believe that they were celebrating wanting to, wanting to, uh, do something special in, commemoration of that event. Um, I can't believe that it's more than 35 years old because I feel like I grew up with this film. So, um, but I did, you know, when we first perused the ingredients, I thought this would be right at my alley. So I'm glad we gave it a shot. Yeah. So uh, this one's pretty simple because it's equal parts of all of these things. So it's just one ounce of vodka. Um, Now on the, their recipe, you know, they recommend using uh, the rogue, uh, vodka that they distill there. Uh, we can find that there. Uh, we have seen the rogue whiskey here in North Carolina, but we were unable to come up with the, um, with their vodka. So, uh, we had to substitute that. So it's one ounce of vodka, one ounce of raspberry liqueur, and then one ounce of orange juice, one ounce of cranberry juice. Uh, you just put that into a shaker tin with some ice, give it a shake and strain it out, um, into a, you know, a new clean glass with ice. You could probably build this in the glass if you didn't really feel like, uh, mixing it up in the uh, shaker tin you just pour it in there and give it a pretty vigorous stir i think you'd probably get right in the same ballpark but uh what do you think michaela how how did this one turn out for you so this one grew on me the first couple of sips i was a little it was too puckery for me i don't know if it was because we used really nice raspberry liqueur um mm-hmm. so it was very tart um but it grew on me. And after the first one, I was already for a second one that went down <laughs> super easy. So I think this is a grower, not a shower. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it, it definitely, uh, didn't hit me right the first time, the first couple mm-hmm. sips, but man, I, I, I really like it. And I haven't had it. Um, I, I had it that, that night. I need to probably revisit it again to see if it's one of those that has real staying power or if it was mm-hmm. just, one of those, you know, one of those things I, I could do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it, it was pretty refreshing because we had it, you know, the other day and it was uh, very hot outside. Uh, so it was, you know, kind of refreshing, but yeah, it was really tart. The cranberry and the raspberry, um, you know, really that, you know, kind of a stringent cranberry flavor. So I'd probably dial back a little bit on the cranberry if I was going to do it again, but yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know. It's kind of like a, a fancy screwdriver, right? With the vodka and the orange juice and you're, you're just adding a little bit more fruit to it. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a, or a less fancy sex on the beach. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's somewhere it's in between. It's kind of in between. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have one and I'll have the other and then you just kind of mix them together and you get this, but yeah. uh, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, I'd recommend if you like, you know, raspberry and cranberry, uh, drinks cocktails uh definitely give it a try and let us know what you think about it um yeah it's pretty good so 
we have our drinks made, so why don't we take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about this week's film, The Goonies. Spoiler warning for The Goonies. If you've not yet watched The Goonies, press pause, stop what you're doing, go make yourself a Goonie drink, grab four of your best friends and your older brother and find a treasure map and come back and we can chat about it. Yeah, that's right. And if you do find a treasure map, uh, go get the treasure too while you're doing all that. Yeah, other maybe stuff. do that first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do that. Do that first. But um, yeah, after then we can talk about the Goonies. So the Goonies came out in 1985, and it was directed by Richard Donner, and it stars Sean Astin and Josh Brolin and a couple other uh, characters. We'll talk about as we go through. Uh, but this movie is very notable because, uh, as I mentioned, it was directed by Richard Donner, and it was. Uh, written and uh, storyboarded by Chris Columbus and Steven Spielberg. So that is like a pretty powerful trio of movie makers coming together for this one. Yeah, that is the trifecta of 1980s amazingness. Um, I was surprised. I had, I'd forgotten that Richard Donner did this. So that kind of, that kind of makes it really special. Yeah, he's probably the least known of the three, but uh, he did the Lethal Weapon series. He did, uh, you know, the original Superman. Um, uh, yeah, so a lot of big hits under his belt, too. And then obviously uh, Steven Spielberg and uh, Chris Columbus, who have, you know, both had their fair shares of box office success, uh, to say the least. So, yeah, pretty, pretty good cast of characters and uh, pretty good direction all coming together for an epic adventure. An epic it is. Well... We should probably just get on into it. Yeah. So this movie starts out, uh, yeah, they're at a prison and you know, something, <laughs> some, something's afoot at this prison, right? There's like a, like an alarm's going off and the prison guard goes in and there's, there's a gentleman, uh, he's hanged himself hanging in the, uh, in the cell there. So the guard goes in to check things out and he's got like a little note pinned to his shirt or inside of his shirt or something. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the gentleman that hanged himself, uh, just a fake. So uh, just, uh, you know, psyching everyone out, you know, but this is this is how he's going to break out of prison because, you know, his uh, mom and his other brother are outside in the car waiting for him and uh, he's going to escape. Yeah. And it's really funny because the note is like, you schmuck, you really think I'd be stupid enough to kill myself. Um, yeah. And that's how he distracts the, the police officer or the corrections officer to get out of there. Um so the, the man, uh, his brother is actually John Pantoliano, or mm -hmm. sorry, Joe Pantoliano, um, which, and, and his mom is Anne Ramsey. Mm -hmm. And she, she was famous. Like she did a bunch of stuff uh, in the eighties. Um, she's kind of this little old woman who looks, um, she's got a very iconic look around her and she's in this mm -hmm. kind of granny black suit and they're in this four wheel drive Jeep. And, um, you know, they've figured out a way to, I mean, Joe Pantoliano's characters like got gasoline that he's somehow managed to drag and spray all over the front of this jail. And so when his brother comes out, they try to get in the car and he shoots the gasoline and it goes up in flames. So they make their getaway and it's, um, the soundtrack is starting to come over and it's really good kind of uh, chase music and mm -hmm. you don't really know what's going on, <laughs> but you're, yeah. you know, it's, it's the beginning of an adventure for sure. And you see kind of them start to drive through the whole town of Astoria, which is a real place. And without meaning to, you see them 
kind of run through the lives of these four or five uh, individuals that later kind of form this this gang of kids that go uh, on this adventure together. And so, mm-hmm. like they go through these, you know, literally go through the docks area where a, a girl named Steph is like fishing for crabs. They go through this garbage area where this uh, kid named Data is like trying to trying out a new invention. Um, this other kid who's eating pizza and ice cream and <laughs> He's got like five things in his hand of food, like five different types of food. He's watching this um, chase go down and he ends up getting like milkshake all over his face. Yeah. He just like, he just like plasters like the slice of pizza up against the window. (laughs) (laughs) As he's watching it. Yeah. And exactly. One of the, one of the kids is helping his dad, who's a plumber and the water is going everywhere. And he thinks that it might be the TV, but it's really this epic chase that's going around. Mm. Um, But it's a really cool way for you to be introduced into kind of the town and the characters. And they all kind of come back in their own ways, but, you know, they end up getting on this beach because Astoria is on, you know, the West side of the United States. And they, there's apparently this very same day, there's an RV, like four wheel drive race on the beach. Mm -hmm. And so that's how they get away is that they get in with all these other cars. And I guess nobody notices the bullet holes. And the fact that it's a black Jeep, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, they so, they kind of they kind of slip away there in this race, but yeah, they, they drive through town. We get to you know get a little glimpse of all of our our characters there, um, and then after you know they've they've finally made their escape, we go and kind of meet our uh, last characters here yet to be introduced, and so we've got uh, Sean Aston, uh, his character whose name is Mikey, and then Josh Brolin whose name is Brand. Uh, they're brothers. They're hanging out in the room. Brand's like, you know, pumping iron. You know, he's uh, he's getting his uh, fitness going on. They're having a little bit of, you know, brotherly type banter, but uh, the gist of what's going on is that they're getting ready to pack up because they're having to move out of town. Right. So uh, there was a, this was a common theme, I think, for a lot of films in the 80s, which mm-hmm. I did not understand uh, until pretty recently, sad to say. But they apparently uh, cannot pay their mortgage anymore because of this housing interest rate crisis that was actually a very real thing where people were literally paying something like 17% interest on their house. And mm-hmm. um, now that I'm an adult and I do the adulting things, that's a, I understand now that's a lot of money of extra money you have to pay. And yep. a lot of people actually lost their homes. And um, what it also did was give other people the opportunity to buy the people's mortgages. So um, they're not really going into that uh, detail so much, but they're saying, you know, Mikey's pulling his inhaler because uh, I guess he's an asthmatic. Um, and he's like, I can't wait to get out of here. And he's just trying to make himself feel better. And mm-hmm. Bran is, you know, saying, I know you're going to miss this place. And, um, and they're both really kind of bummed about it. And their house is yet to be packed up and stuff, but they know that they've got to leave pretty soon. And um, then there's a knock at the door. Yeah, so a bunch of the kids that we've seen, you know, kind of around town started showing up. So uh, the first one in is uh, Mouth. Uh, his uh, He was the one, you know, he was helping his dad uh, do some plumbing work there. Uh, he's played by Corey Feldman. Uh, really great and very mouthy, as the name might imply. Uh, right. So he gets he gets in and, uh, you know, he's he's talking, you know, going... <laughs> 
given a bunch of gruff as he's one to do. Uh, and then out at the gate, we get another knock and the next member of the Goonies shows up. It's Chunk and, you know, Mouth is going to go out and make him do the truffle shuffle, which is not a very nice thing to do to your friends, but uh, that's what he makes them do to open the gate. But they open the gate. It's really very cool. It's like a Rube Goldberg machine kind of thing. They pull this rope and like a bowling ball rolls down and kicks over this thing. A chicken lays an egg <laughs> like on the spot, <laughs> yeah. just like that. And, you know, opens this gate and that's pretty cool. Uh, so, you know, Chunk's in there now. And then the last member of the Goonies, Data, uh, he's up. I think he must be their neighbor, their next door neighbor. And he kind of like zip lines down in uh, through like the like sliding uh screen door to the porch yeah. right so they start yelling they're like open the door open the door but uh he gets there too quick and goes right through the screen so yeah so we have uh mikey uh who's sean Aston's character and then we have mouth chunk and data so these four comprise the goonies they sure do and they're talking about um various things right so chunk is all excited because he just saw the coolest thing and no one believes him because chunk apparently um has a really big reputation for telling tall tales and so mm -hmm. they're all giving him shtick about hey is this better than when michael jackson came to visit the bathroom and is this better than when you saved this burning house with dogs and and he's like no man there was this car chase and it was a real orv and there were bullets and like it was so amazing and you know, mouth is kind of, he's got this weird comb thing that he's combing his hair with. And then he's talking to brand who's still pumping iron. He's got that old fashioned kind of like, um, it's like the thigh master for, for your arms in the eighties. Yeah. And it's basically made of giant, um, yeah, they're just, they're just these big springs. I don't know. Right, what he... The giant springs. Right. Yeah. And he's, He's mouth is mouthing off to brand about how he couldn't get a license and he flunked his driver's test. And, and then data is really sad because he's apparently his, his parents are in the same situation. I mean, they all seem to be in this situation mm -hmm. where someone has bought up their mortgages and they can't pay it and they have to move. And data is, is saying how he's got to move to Detroit. And so they're all worried because apparently the crime in Detroit's really bad. And, and so yeah. they're, uh, they're talking um, and then, you know, Mikey and Brand's mom shows up um, who, and she's also famous. She's in a lot of Richard Donner's films, actually. Uh, Mary Ellen Trainer, And mm -hmm. um, she's got a hurt arm. She's twisted her arm or something. And so she's brought with her um, a, a very nice woman named Rosalita um, who does mm -hmm. not speak any English. She only speaks Spanish. And so Mrs. Walsh asks if any of them would help translate. And of course, mouth has a mouth on him. And so he apparently speaks perfect Spanish and yeah. offers uh, to help translate um, to have Rosalita learn you know, what they need to do to help get ready to move. And it's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, he's he's uh, talking to her in you know, in Spanish, right? He he knows how to speak Spanish, but he's telling her like, uh, you know, don't open this closet because that's where we keep the prisoners, and don't put don't get into this drawer because that's where the drugs are. And <laughs> yeah. you know, Rosa Rosalita's you know looking at him like, what is this place? I need to get out of here. Um, right. And on on a side note, Mikey and Brand's mom is like the most clueless mom of all time. Uh, yeah, totally. Because she says something like, I really want the house to be clean before they tear it down. Like, yeah. who does that? I don't know. But she says, you know, you're going to be really happy here. It's going to be fine. And I don't know what the timing is, because I guess the next day is when they actually lose their house. But they have a couple mm -hmm. of weeks to vacate. 
Um, it doesn't go really into the details, but poor Rosalita, you feel really bad for her because, you know, at the end, at the end of this whole thing, he basically says in Spanish, like, if you do a bad job, you're going to be put in the, in the dungeon with the cockroach without water or food for weeks. (laughs) And she's like, oh my gosh, please help me God. You know, she's (laughs) doing the cross and she's like really, you know, freaked out. And, um, and then I guess Rosalita and Mrs. Walsh are going to go to the grocery store. And so they leave these boys, um, Mm -hmm. You know, Mrs. Walsh is very clear. Mikey is uh, asthmatic and he's not allowed to leave the house. Astoria, by the way, has a lot of rain. It's in the, you know, the Pacific Northwest. So there's a lot of humidity. And I guess that's really bad. I, I, I don't know. But she tells Bran, she threatens him within an inch of his life. Do not yeah. let him out of the house. And so they all leave. The, the two adult ladies leave and it's back to the Goonies and Bran hanging out again. Yeah, so they're... They're going to have to uh, find adventure inside of the house, right? So, uh, you know, everything's getting packed up. So, you know, what's a group of kids to do? So they go up into the attic and start poking around and looking through all the stuff and all of uh, his dad's old stuff. He has a bunch of really cool stuff because I guess uh, Brandon Mikey's dad works for like the historic uh the historic society or something uh, yep. there in town. So he's got a bunch of, you know, cool old, you know, clocks and paintings and things, uh, but they're going through this stuff and Mikey finds this pretty cool, like framed, uh, like map looking thing. And, you know, he doesn't really want to crack it open. So he's going to give it to Chunk, who's a bit of a klutz. We found out, you know, he knocked over this uh, statue a little bit earlier. So he hands it to Chunk and Chunk gets excited and drops it. You know, the frame shatters and uh, what's behind uh, this kind of map thing is a treasure map. Yes. Um, and it, it's really cool. Like it's burnt on all the edges. It's got this brown look to it, um, but it's written in Spanish 100%. So they don't know what it's saying. So of course they get mouth to translate and mouth starts to translate. And it, it looks um, like this might actually be really old and belong uh, and be really legitimate. And um, it sparks something within Mikey and he um, tells the story of One-Eyed Willie. And One-Eyed Willie apparently was a, a Spanish pirate who was asked to go and explore and he ended up finding this treasure and he loaded it all up onto his ship and he was supposed to take it back, but the Spanish King never saw it. So he decided to go after one-eyed Willie and Mm -hmm. made this big armada, which is just another word for like a battalion on the water. And, um, but I used that, by the way, I used that word for like ever because I oh. thought it was, I, yeah, I thought it was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> this whole armada. And so, yeah. <laughs> they, so they, they have this big battle and um, One-Eyed Willie and his um, one ship, the Inferno, gets away. And mm-hmm. he gets away. The legend is, is that he's somewhere um, and he buried the treasure somewhere. And then he, you know, created a bunch of booby traps and trapped him and his crew in, you know, somewhere, you know, near Astoria. And mm-hmm. so the treasure has yet to be found. And that's, that's the, that's the map. And so yep. there's not just a map though, right? There's like this weird looking. Yeah. So there's a, there's a map. Thing. There's there's a map and yeah, it's a weird looking badge thing. Uh, it's a doubloon, which is which is like a, a kind of a currency, I guess, for old uh, pirates and sailors and things. It's just some money, but it has a little, some little notches knocked out of it there. Um, and then while they're going through this stuff, they come across a 
newspaper article that talks about this, you know, explorer by the name of Chester Copperpot. And he is off on an adventure to go find the treasure for One-Eyed Willie. So it's starting to sound like maybe there's some credence to this uh, legend of One-Eyed Willie. So uh, the boys are, you know, some wheels are turning, at least in Mikey's head. You know, he's he's the only one that's buying into this, you know, kind of full stop. But uh, there are some uh, breadcrumbs coming and the hands of these kids are going to get pushed a little bit. So they come down out of the attic and uh, a couple of gentlemen come by the house. They're there to see Mikey and Bran's dad. And uh, you get the uh, hint that these guys are up to no good, typical 80s villain types. And they're there to drop off the foreclosure papers because yeah, they don't really want to be bothered. Go ahead and get them signed, you know, a day early. Uh, no big deal. Right. Yeah, they're they're the guys who have um, purchased the mortgages on all of these houses that are in the Goonies, uh, you know, area of town, and they're really smug. Um, I mean, they're just they're not nice. They're, they're not nice. You know, they say my dad. You know, my dad's not home. He's at work, and they're like, "Well, is your mommy here?" Like they're a bunch of babies, and um, he says, you know, they drop off the paper paperwork, and they're like pointing at where they're gonna put certain things in this golf course that they're going to build on this land. And, you know, the boys, um, most of them go inside, but Mikey is really upset because this is his home and it's his childhood home. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Bran, you know, they, they're brothers. So, you know, there's a bit of uh, pandering back and forth over the course of the film, but this is a scene I really like because he comes out uh, after the boys are kind of settled in the house and he comes and gives him a big hug and he's like, it's going to be okay. Um, and even though, you know, Bran's probably really upset too, because he keeps talking about this girl, Andy, that he's was trying to have a date with, but now he doesn't have a car or, or a license. So he can't take her out on a date, but they're, they're going to have to move to a whole different city. And so all of their friends, you know, they're going to have to leave too. So yeah. So eventually, yeah. <laughs> eventually, eventually Mikey kind of talks, you know, the rest of his buddies into going on this adventure to go and find this, you know, buried treasure. I don't, uh, I think his friends are probably doing it more to appease Mikey. I don't think that they really think that there's anything much in here, but they're going to stand by their friend. So uh, what are they going to do? They're going to take that uh, exercise uh, band, you know, a spring thing and tie brand up with it uh, i gotta say he's not tied up particularly well i think that most people would be able to get out of this brand also grows up to one day be thanos and snap half of existence out of reality so, <laughs> right so, so you would think he'd be able to get out of it but they get him they get him tied up and you know the rest of the boys are off there on their bicycles but uh i think it's mouth has the smart idea he's going to deflate the tires on brand's new bicycle uh, so that way he can't follow in hot pursuit of them when he finally uh, gets free from his uh, binds there. Right. Yeah. And it, it's again, they go through the city. Um, they actually stop by, they drive or ride by, ride their bikes by the museum. And um, Mikey's dad is there and he's waving at his son. And it's funny because he, he doesn't seem to care that his son is out. Um, but, you know, his mom is not going to be pleased. Um yep. But it's, it's, it's very 1985, right? You're a kid, you're riding your bike all over town. No one really knows where you are and it's really yep. kind of okay. And, and it's like getting dark, it's duskish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of greenery in that part of the world. There's a lot of um, tree lined roads. So they decide they're gonna, they're, they're gonna follow the map and the map takes them out kind of to the coast area, which is on the edge of town. And um, there's this weird old, 
kind of restaurant uh, looking mm-hmm. thing. And so that's kind of where they decide to hole up by this rock and, and look further at the map. And uh, in the meantime, <laughs> Brand and uh, Mikey's mom finally arrive back. You know, Brand is now like, backwards on a chair like Mm -hmm. apparently he can't wiggle his way out but he can fall over he's trying to talk to rosalita and get some help rosalita's like holding a bag of milk and she's in completely useless at helping she doesn't know what's going on um of course she's probably terrified of touching him because he he yeah (laughs) you know who knows he could be hyped up on cocaine for all all she knows with the stuff that uh mouth was telling her so um he ends up getting free and of course he finds the uh flat tires on the bike so he's really Mm -hmm. mad and so he goes and steals a bike from a little girl next door yeah yeah and she's super sad about it but yeah so he gets on you know and he's i don't know he's supposed to be playing you know probably like a senior in high school junior in high school age kid and uh he's on this tiny little pink bike and he's off you know chasing chasing down you know his brother and friends and he's going and you get a a little scene there some some high school kids you know that have a have a cool car you get the feeling that you know this is the uh, cool guy in class so it's like him and one of his friends but then in the back are um andy who's the girl that brand you know is interested in was supposed to be going on a date with and her friend steph are you know kind of in this car too uh but the uh high school bully guy uh he's not very nice he uh takes he grabs you know brand's hand and kind of holds it like pins it down against the side of the car and starts driving and brand's doing his best to keep up but ends up kind of flying off of this this ledge but uh not too worse for the wear i guess brand is able to kind of brush it off and catch up with the uh other kids eventually but yeah a little, little run in with the uh high school bully but uh that's that's going to set up uh you know maybe uh adding a couple more uh characters here to this adventure so right yeah, his name's Troy, the bully, and um, he's really gross. I mean, I remember not liking him, but, you know, as a kid, but I really don't like him as an adult. I mean, he spends time like trying to move the mirror so it can look down or up one of the girl's, you know, skirts. And she totally knows what she's what he's doing, um, but she's still riding with him. And she's like, stop doing that. And it's just it's just icky. Like mm-hmm. and he, you can tell he comes from money and you find out later that one of the men who is, you know, buying who's bought their mortgages and is going to build this golf course. It's his father. So he is like mm-hmm. one of the richest people in town. And he's just I mean, you know, I had to my son's seen this and I had to tell my son that under no circumstances are you ever going, should you ever do what they do as far as the stunt with the car and the bike, because it could be really dangerous. Um, But yeah, brand luckily enough, you know, the poor, the poor five-year-old's bike is toast. Um, The, you know, it's never coming back, but he's okay. And he ends up kind of making his way down the same road to see, you know, the, the, the other Goonies, um, behind this rock as they're looking at this restaurant. So mm-hmm. it kind of cuts over back to the boys. They are um, seeing that there's a car out in front and it looks like there are people going in, um, even though it's closed. And, you know, they're looking at the bloom and they're trying to decipher how, you know, there's a rock out in the ocean and it matches up perfectly with the holes that have been drilled into the bloom. And so Mikey says, I, I think this is probably where we're supposed to go. And they have to, it, it's pointing to the direction of the restaurant itself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Chunk is probably the only one with real, um, 
brains in this part because he says, look, <laughs> yeah. this is a summer place. Why are there people in the summer? It's getting dark. Our parents are going to start worrying about us. We, mm-hmm. we should really go home, you know? And of course he's like, it's dinner time. I'm hungry. <laughs> like, you know, poor Chunk. He's just always wanting food. But Mikey makes a point. He says, you know, this is it. This is the last Goonie adventure. If we go home, we're never, we're never going to get the rich stuff and we're never going to, we're never going to get to go home again. And so mm-hmm. they, they go ahead and make their way into the restaurant. And I don't know, even know how they think it's a restaurant because it just looks like a really old shack um, yeah. that hasn't been opened in a million years. Um, yeah, it does not look like a place that I would want to go and eat, but, uh, you know, the kids kind of sneak around, uh, and chunks, you know, walking around, he actually sees the car that he'd seen earlier, you know, going by on this police chase and it has the bullet holes in there. And he's trying to tell these guys, he's like, uh, no guys, this is a terrible idea. We should go home. But you know, everyone else is kind of invested in and going in. So they go inside they think they're being sneaky because, you know, they couldn't see, you know, the people that had went in, I guess they thought that they'd left or something. So they go inside and, uh, then about, uh, this time, uh, Mama Fratelli, uh, we find out this is the Fratelli gang, uh, comes up and wants to know why these kids are in there. Um, and, you know, so they, they do their best, uh, very scared, uh, say they, you know, want to get something to eat. Uh, she's not buying it, but she doesn't want to, you know, stir up any any sort of anything. So uh, she uh, has them sit down and uh, what do they order? They order four of the grossest looking waters I've ever seen in my yeah. whole life. Um, it reminds but- me of the water that was served in Back to the Future 3 when we were in mm. 1885. And yeah. Um, yeah, it was basically, yeah, nasty, nasty stuff. Yeah. Yeah, this this water might have just come like straight out of the ocean into these glasses. But uh, yeah, so they're sitting there, but Mikey needs to have a look around. So he's uh, going to uh, come up with the idea. He's going to go to the bathroom and the bathroom's downstairs. And that's going to give him uh, a little bit of time to figure out what the uh, deal is with this restaurant. How does this fit in to One-Eyed Willie's treasure map? Right. So he's kind of consulting the map. Um, he thinks he needs to go down. So he kind of goes down this hallway and it it leads kind of to a basement um, and there seems to be a person or a thing that's locked up in a room and, you Mm -hmm. know, he, he doesn't really know what it is. So he opens the door and he sees this person like chained up and you don't see his face, but it doesn't look good. Mikey seems real terrified. And he, um, uh, you know, he, he's wanting food. There's like a tray of food on the floor and Mm -hmm. Mikey kind of uses a a stick or something to kind of bring it over to him. And that's when he gets to see his, his face for the full time, first time. And he freaks out, Mikey freaks out and runs back and the boys, the rest of the Goonies are nowhere to be found, but Bran's there. He's finally caught up to them and he grabs him by the ear. The Fratellis are nowhere in sight. And Brandy is like, we got to get out. Mom's going to kill me. You got, you know, we got to go. And yep. uh, they get outside and uh, they hide behind that big rock again. And then they see the Fratellis come out and they're carrying what looks like a dead body out of the restaurant into the back of the car. And of course, no one but but Chunk is like, that's a body. Everyone's like, no, that's garbage. It's body shaped garbage. And- mm-hmm. Yeah. 
yeah, so it's a it's a bunch of bad ideas, but the Fratellis, <laughs> they're not messing around, uh, but they get this, uh, you know, body-shaped uh, thing out into the car and uh, drive off. And about this time, uh, Steph and Andy, you know, the girls that were in the car, they show up. Andy says, oh, I was tired of that guy looking, you know, trying to look up my skirt, but she is wearing his sweater. Uh, so I guess uh, you can take whatever you want from that. Uh, but, you know, the boys, they want to go in. They they're determined to one-eyed Willie had this map marker thing pointing at this restaurant for a reason. They think that there's something to it. So they're going to go in uh, and Steph and Andy, uh, they're like, we're not going to go inside. That's a bad idea. We'll stay outside, but they end up getting scared and running inside too, uh, which makes Bran happy. He gets to spend some time with Andy and they go into the restaurant and they go down to the basement and they're doing their best to find the lowest point of the basement. Luckily, Chunk, being the klutz that he is, runs into a uh, kind of a water cooler, and which is uh, made out of glass because this is an older one, uh, and the glass bottle shatters, and, you know, it leaves water all over the floor. Um, water knows how to get to the lowest point of the basement, you know, so they just start kind of following the sound, you know. It sounds like uh, water's running, and the water's going right into, like, this fireplace and down through this fireplace grate. Right, and so they notice that there's like wood that should be at the base of the fireplace, but they're able to break through that pretty easily. And so they're like, we should just climb through there and, and see what's going on. Because now, you know, Mikey's like feeling like one-eyed Willie speaking to him through this map. And mm -hmm. so they start to do that, but then the Fratellis come back. Yeah. So they're trying to decide what to do. Um, yeah, Chunk ends up, you know, going into the ice cream freezer because uh, he's looking for a snack during this whole ordeal. He's, he thinks that there's probably some ice cream in there and there is ice cream in there, but there's also another dead body uh, just in case he didn't know that the Fratellis really were uh, bad news. So he's in there. Uh, you know, only, only way out is going to be through the fireplace because about this time the Fratellis come back, I guess, to get hey. this, to get this other body. So uh, they're going to all go down through the fireplace. Chunk does not want to go through the fireplace. So they're like, oh, go up through that window and uh, you can run and find help. And we're going to go down through this fireplace and hide from these guys. And that'll be that. So Chunk makes his way out of the window and out to the road and he's looking for help. That's right. And they're like, we'll, 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 we'll go get the treasurer you know, go, go find somebody. We'll, we'll come back later. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, the first thing they do is they, they kind of go through this dark space. I, Andy's really scared. She kind of, she's, she's kind of freaking out a little bit. Um, she, she kind of goes between being really excited because she gets to hold Brian's hand the whole time or being really, really, truly terrified. So they get mm -hmm. into this place where they see all these pipes. And of course they ask mouth, you know, hey, your dad's a plumber. What are these pipes? And of course, he seems to know um, that they're city pipes. And, you know, if they make a bunch of noise in, you know, it's going to hit the slab and the kind of the frame of these of these buildings and maybe someone will come and notice and help them. So they start mm -hmm. moving these pipes around. But um, and then a hilarious kind of montage ensues of, you know, showers that start to like just sporadically spit um, things like toilets exploding with water, um, mm -hmm. which makes a very bad day for Troy, who's like reading guns and ammo sitting on the sitting on the toilet. Um, yeah. It's it's actually pretty funny. But there's the you know the great kind of Goonies theme music, the dun 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 dun, while that this is all occurring, and it's, it's pretty funny. But no one notices or thinks to say, "Hey, there could be boys and." 
kids trapped in a space where this is happening. Like that thought process doesn't occur. Yeah. And in fairness, if I start having plumbing issues, that's not where my mind goes immediately is that, is that people need help somewhere, but uh, I guess it was worth a try. Um, And what else was worth a try was Chunk trying to find help, but he uh, out on the road doesn't find help because the carpool, you know, stops to ask him and he, (laughs) and he goes up to the window and he's like, Oh, I was just at this place with the Fratelli gang. They're really terrible. I need some help. My (laughs) friends are there. And uh, so then, you know, they kind of turn on, the uh, dome light in the car and who's in the car of course it's the fratellis so uh he gets an italian yeah he gets uh he gets busted uh and he's gonna you know get taken back with them uh the plumbing trick doesn't work but it does knock a a pipe loose uh, which starts spraying water and it's gonna like blow through this uh big like muddy kind of wall looking thing and opens up uh, a new area for mikey and the crew to go and check out That's right. And um, this place has got some rocks. There's a lot of weird things in this room. Um, And, you know, again, Andy's kind of freaking out. She's like, you know, I shouldn't have been. She's just kind of rambling on about stuff. And uh, they end up running face to face into the skeleton that's got this big boulder kind of just sitting on it. And so Mm -hmm. what you think has happened is that a million years ago, (laughs) some rock just kind of fell on this person. but they, they don't know much about what's going on. So they're, they're all upset. Mike, uh, Mikey is asked to kind of look and see if he can find any identifying um, documents on this person. And so, of course, he looks in the wallet and who is it but Chester Copperpot, who mm-hmm. was apparently, you know, a pro at finding you know, treasure. He was world renowned and, you know, he went missing um, and they have found exactly what happened to him. Now, there's a couple of other things that is on uh, that skeleton's possession. Mm -hmm. There are some really interesting looking candles um, (laughs) that Mm -hmm. aren't, uh, they they look real weird uh, for candles. And then there's this weird looking um, kind of skeleton key with three holes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Mikey, takes hold of that. Um, but they really start to freak out now because they're only in the second room, <laughs> which, yep. you know, of, of wherever they're going. And, um, the pro died. And so they're like, if he, if he didn't get out, we're, we're all going to die in this, in this cavern of death mm-hmm. and yep. we're not going to get the treasure. We're not going to get out with our lives. So it's, um, it's actually kind of a pretty scary time, but of course, uh, someone pushes or pulls, uh, the wrong string somewhere and it mm-hmm. sets off uh, a giant booby trap. And so they have to run through that room and um, kind of figure it out. And it's, it's very, there's a lot of cutting of old rope and there's a lot of moving of old rocks into like these nets. And um, mm-hmm. they end up the first rock that fell and killed Chester Copperpot was just one in a long string uh, where you have to run down this hallway and they keep kind of coming and hitting the ground right behind you as, as they run into the next room. And it's, uh, it's exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All these boulders start kind of crashing down. So everyone's sent running uh, kind of into the uh, kind of the wall for the next area, basically, but, you know, back up at the uh, restaurant, 
you know, Chunk's back with the Fratellis and they're going to be uh, trying to figure out what's going on. Who's this kid? What are, what's he doing here? Where are his friends? What happened to him? Uh, they're trying, they're like sticking his hand into a blender, you know, as, as oh, you do to, yeah. to, to kids you're trying to, trying to do, but he, he doesn't want that to happen. Right. So they're, <laughs> they're like, tell us everything. So he, uh, he does, he tells them like every like bad thing that he's done ever since, you know, he was like a, a wee tiny little kid. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, so they're, they're mostly annoyed by him, but it, at some point he, you know, <laughs> starts eating ice cream in typical chunk fashion. And when he goes to grab it, he drops that little map doubloon kind of thing. And, you know, the Fratellis are kind of looking at it like, what's this thing? Oh, it's in Spanish and it's super old because it had the date on it. And they're like, what is this? And about this time, the bats from downstairs that got riled up when all these boulders started falling fly up through the uh the fireplace grate where the kids had went so uh now now the fratellis know that something's up and they know where the other kids are and they think that this doubloon could be uh leading to something more important than what chunk had so they take chunk they throw him into the uh, room where sloth was you know chained up in there sitting in front of the tv and that's where they're going to leave him while they go to try to catch the other kids that's right that's their plan um so the kids kind of make it through the next room the next room is um actually really pretty it's a it looks like a well and there's tons of uh coins everywhere and so Mm -hmm. at first they're really excited and they think that this is the rich stuff and this is the treasure but uh then they realize that it's the it's the city's wishing well and so you know chunk or sorry mouth is you know he's like whatever i'm taking as much of this as i can and you know steph is trying to explain that these are people's wishes and dreams and of course mouth is like look you know my wish has not come true. So I'm taking all this back. Like this, mm-hmm. this is, this is, you know, and then they kind of get into a fight of, cause he can't tell the difference between Martin Sheen and president Kennedy, which I think is hilarious. And, you know, they, they, they're in this place kind of deciding where to go from here. And uh, it, it's true. This is a wishing well. And at the very top of this wishing well is that bully Troy, who's talking yeah. with his friends about how he's, you know, hasn't quite gone as far as he wants to go physically with Andy, but it's going to happen. And, you know, he's just smarmy and nasty, but he hears them down below and he looks and he's got this bucket and he sees Andy and she's tells him, you know, Hey, send the bucket down and, you know, get us out of here. And so mm-hmm. this is their opportunity to escape with their lives and, you know, at first they're all in, they're like, this is going to be great. Let's, let's get out of here while we still can. Um, mm-hmm. But Mikey comes t- to a realization that, you know, they got further than Chester Copperpot. Chester Copperpot was a pro and they've gotten further than anybody ever has. And so he is kind of makes a plea with the, t- with his friends to say, you know, if we go up now, we're really giving up on the future. And he said it a couple of times before, but it's much more heartfelt and poignant than any other time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he makes his case to say, you know, Goonies never say die and it's our time. Uh, you know, everybody else has their time up there, but right here it's our time and we gotta, we gotta see it through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he kind of, kind of rallies the troops around the cause here and they all buy into it. So Troy does not get uh, 
Andy back. He gets her, he gets his sweater back uh, when he pulls the bucket back up because the rest of the uh, Goonies, uh, they're on their, they're, you know, sticking to the path to try to find this treasure. Um, but unfortunately, they've got some uh, some people in hot pursuit. So the Fratellis are starting to uh, work their way through. Uh, and they have an easier go because the the kids have already set off all the traps. So they're just kind of right. you know, <laughs> walking through this through this thing. Um, so you've got, you know, the Goonies are going through into these traps. you got the Fratellis hot on their trail. And you've got Chunk and Sloth are back in this room watching TV, uh, bonding over some candy bars and, uh, you know, starting to form a bit of friendship. And uh, that's going to be pretty good because Sloth's going to rip his uh, chains out of the wall and get him and Chunk free. So that's good. Yeah, his mom makes a basic comment, you know, because that's that's the third brother. There are actually three Fratelli brothers and then the mom. And she says, I'm not going to have to go to the zoo again and get more chains, you know. Um, and it's really kind of sad that they chain him up and, and everything. But you, it's it's a light part of it. Um, he's very strong. Sloth is very, very strong. He's kind of a really tall, tall dude. And um, mm-hmm. but he and Chunk bond over um, baby Ruth's and ice cream. Um, they both love food. So, you know, Chunk helps. I, I don't know how they get through the fireplace because Chunk was worried that he wasn't going to fit. And Sloth is like four times bigger than him, but whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, they end up going through and they see you know, the first thing they see is the room with the pipes and there's kind of a funny bit that happens there, but they, you know, are trying to catch up to help out their friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So speaking of the friends, you know, they're into the next room with the next trap um, and they find some pegs on the wall. Um, and that looks like that's going to match up with that skeleton key that we'd uh, found earlier on Chester Copperpot. So, you know, Mikey's, you know, kind of playing with this key, trying to fit it on. And he eventually finds a couple of pegs that this thing uh, lines up onto. And, you know, Mouth's reading on the map and it says to turn it towards the east or something like that. So, you know, Data's like, I'll turn it that way. So he does, but this thing kind of clamps down on Mikey's arm and you see this giant boulder rolling like in, you know, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, like one of those kinds of things. Um, and then this big pit opens up with these giant spikes on it right where Data's standing. So he starts falling down this pit. But luckily, this kid is full of crazy inventions and contraptions and gets saved by one of those. Yeah, the pinchers of power, I think is what he calls it. And it's basically those funny, like white and red teeth things, yeah. like the the snappers and it snaps onto a stalactite and somehow it manages to keep him from perishing in in falling into this pit of um a bunch of spikes but i don't know how well i guess they have a rope because he has a rope they get everybody else down safely because it's in that cavern area that they get to kind of the the next big uh test um Mm -hmm. so it's interesting because if this was the path that they were supposed to take, you know, they needed a bunch of people to do this because everybody, somebody was meant to die doing all of these things. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Someone was supposed to fall on the spikes, but yeah, there's kind of a little tunnel there down at the bottom of the spikes. So, uh, you know, the kids make their way down and they're in, you know, kind of onto the next room and the next room is just kind of this little cavern area. So everyone kind of takes a, takes a little, uh, you know, uh, rest break it's time you know have to have to recharge have to uh stop use the restroom but uh, you know so they're they're taking taking a few moments and but andy thinks that this is going to be the ideal time to uh, finally make her move on brand so 
uh, you know, she uh, she grabs who she thinks is Bran, uh, but it's not Bran. It is Mikey. So she pulls him in and uh, gives him a big kiss, uh, which seems like something you probably would, you know, notice right away, even if your eyes are closed, which hers hers were. So I guess we give her the benefit of the doubt. But uh, Bran doesn't get this uh, first kiss from Andy. It is Mikey, and he's pretty happy about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This must have been some kiss. And it's funny because Steph, um, who's her friend, is trying to counsel her and say, this is a really bad idea. This is not the time or the place. And she's like, I know what I'm doing. Leave me alone. And so, of course, they go into this like, uh, I don't know, I think it was a place where they were just peeing. I'm not sure. But she's like, I'm going to be over here with my eyes closed. And and Bran sends Mikey because he doesn't want to deal with it right now. He's going to the bathroom. So they kiss. And of course, uh, Steph asks her, you know, Hey, how was it? And, you know, she says it was beautiful, but I think he wears braces. I didn't know he wore braces. And, you know, Steph saw that it was Mikey and she's like, Oh honey, you just, you know, do, do it with your eyes closed. It's a whole different, or your eyes open next time. It's a whole different experience. And so I think it's probably my favorite part that Steph doesn't tell her, right? No, no. Because <laughs> because no. she knew and she and she hints at it and kind of teases her about it, but she doesn't say, "Oh, you you kissed his little brother, yeah, right, <laughs> you goof." But yeah, nope. Um, but yeah, they they kind of move on to the next um, piece, which is this weird, nasty. This room is filled with like an organ made of bones. It's very like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple mm-hmm. of Dunish, right? Which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it, there's it, that's it. There's just this room and there's no way out other than the way they came in. So they don't really know what to do, but there's this weird keyboard. And so they ask amongst themselves, hey, who knows who can play piano? And of course, mm-hmm. the only person that can play piano is Andy. And she, you know, learned to play, you know, chopsticks in the second grade or something. So we're probably all going to die. And so mm-hmm. they they look at the map and behind on the back of the map, there are these, um, there's this kind of musical you would know better than me since you know how music works, but it's like yeah. notes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, there's, yeah, there's notes, there's notes on the back of this map and she's looking at them and she's like, I think I can play this. So she plays the first one and this door kind of starts to open up a little bit. And then she plays the next one. That's wrong. So a huge section of the floor <laughs> falls down. And so she tries it again and that's wrong again. So another big section of the floor falls, uh, you know, this, she finally gets the, the door down a little bit and then another section of the floor falls and it kind of goes back and forth you know of course down to the last final attempt so she's either going to get this right and they're going to make it through safe and sound or she's going to get it wrong and they're all going to plummet to their imminent deaths whatever is below this uh creepy bone organ right right and and mikey is so supportive right because he knows who kissed him. <laughs> so he's oh, like, yeah. it's okay that, you know, Goonies make mistakes. Just don't make any more because we don't, don't want to die. Don't make any more because we're going to get married now that we kissed. And, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, and that's and, all, all it is so for Mikey. But, but yeah, she plays the right one. The little drawbridge door thing kind of comes down and all the kids get up onto it. Uh, and then what looks to be a really fun time, uh, it's onto like a water slide kind of a thing that's yeah. going to go down into the lagoon. So they get on this thing. Uh, which, yeah. And it, it looks like a, a good time. So all the kids go down this uh, water slide, but the Fratelli's still in hot pursuit. Yep. They are. Um, 
they're right behind them. Um, and so, you know, they, there's this part where they realize that they're being, they're being caught up and, uh, there's this long kind of, I guess it's a piece of a tree Yeah, it's like or a, maybe it's rock. I mean, yeah, they're it's in, like a, yeah, it's like a log that's kind of yeah, up I was over say this, it's, this cavern and, uh, you know, Data uses uh, his, as he calls he calls them like slick shoes or something, and his shoes like squirt oil out, so it makes it slippery. So they're trying to catch up with them, and that's that's you know what's really rushing them through this organ section, right? Is because the Fratellis are hot on their trail. So right, right, and so they, but they end up falling. I mean, the boys end up you know kind of smashing down on this piece of wood, the, this log, this and log, you know. Yeah. Um, the mom is just like, oh my gosh, my two boys are so stupid. Um, but the, you know, it's, it's, it's comedic. Um, but when they get through the water slide, everybody kind of, they, they end up coming out into this kind of lagoon area in a cave and they see the Inferno pirate ship. And it is Mm -hmm. really cool because it looks real old. And I don't know how they get into the ship because that's actually kind of difficult to do without a ladder. I mean, maybe they found a ladder or something. Yeah, Um, I think I think there was a rope ladder, I think, on the on the side that they climbed up. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. But they get they get up into um the ship and they start looking around and they see just a whole bunch of dead people like not Mm -hmm. uh like and they're all skeletons it's not like super scary or anything but they um are consulting the map again trying to figure out where the rich stuff is they're not seeing any rich stuff and then they get real mad because they think that they've done all this work for nothing and they found you know what is a great historical thing but it's not going to save their houses and so Mm -hmm. um they kind of leave, they're kind of mad at Mikey. And then he realizes, um, well, I guess Carrie, sorry, Andy moves something and another trap looks like it's being set. And so they Mm -hmm. all freak out. But what ends up happening is the secret door kind of falls open. And so Mm -hmm. Mikey says, I'm going to go take a look at it. Um, You guys all stay here. And so he breaks into this room and it's like this old card room or it was the captain's quarters and there's all these skeletons kind of playing cards around this table and at the mm-hmm. end of the table is none other than one-eyed willie that's right he's there this table is chock full of treasure um and you know mikey has you know, uh, a moment to himself he thinks so he's over he's you know commiserating with one-eyed willie saying thank you i i followed all of your clues and i know how how you know brave you were to come in here and uh set all this stuff up you know he thinks that they're like kindred spirits right he's yeah. he's getting a little emotional talking to one-eyed willie and then he turns around and you know the rest of the crew is there kind of watching him and, <laughs> and he's like how long have you guys been there and they're like oh no, don't worry about it it's fine uh but yeah so they start loading up their pockets and uh little sacks and uh you know <laughs> mouth is putting treasure into his mouth because that's what you do if your name's mouth i guess uh, yep. but there's a little there's a little um sort of scale there that has a bunch of gold coins on it uh, but mikey says don't take any of those that's for one-eyed willie that's his treasure you know we can take the rest of it uh, but that's for yeah because there's plenty i mean there are jewels there's tons of pearls and ne- there's jewelry and there's, there's just tons of stuff all over this table and um it's actually really cool because they're all like 
excited and they're wrapping stuff around their arms and wrapping stuff around their necks. And, and, uh, and then one of them is like, how are we going to get out of here with the Fratellis? And just as they say that the Fratellis show up um, and they make them, you know, give them everything back. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's this funny scene where, you know, they kind of tap mouth on the back of the head and have him spit out stuff. And he just keeps spitting stuff out of his mouth because yeah. his mouth holds everything. Um, it's kind of gross. Kind of yeah. Gross. It's, it's, it's a little gross, but um, <laughs> you know, everybody tries to fight them, you know, data tries to fight them off, but to no avail, they end up, you know, making Andy um, walk the plank. They like tie her arms up. They don't tie her legs up, um, but they tie her arms up and there's an old fashioned plank and they kind of have a sword mm-hmm. um, that's probably really dull, but whatever. And they make her jump off. And of course, then Brand goes, you know, he jumps in to save her. And then everybody else decides that they're going to jump in the water as well. Um, and so yeah. they, they do that <laughs> um, to get away from the Fratellis. And, um, but they're thinking, you know, maybe something, maybe they can figure out another plan. And um, the Fratellis start to go to town on this table of treasure, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And they make the mistake of not, uh, of being too greedy. And they went, go ahead and move that kind of scale that's full of gold coins. And as soon as Mm -hmm. they do that, uh, another trap is set off. Yes, something starts happening. Uh, We don't know what it is quite yet. Uh, but as all the kids are kind of jumping in and the Fratellis are there collecting their treasure, uh, Chunk and Sloth show up and they're kind of at the at the top of this pirate ship. I don't know how they got up to the top of the pirate ship, but maybe maybe Sloth climbed up there. He's a he's a strong guy. So he's up there. You'll see him. He does like the like the uh, pirate move. So he puts like the dagger um, into the sail and slides down, uh, which is something we'd seen him watching on TV. He was watching some uh, some swashbuckling adventures back in you know, the room where he was chained up earlier. Um, but yeah, so they get in there and he, you know, kind of gets the Fratellis, you know, off the boys case kind of comes through and saves the day, but all of the, all the kids are in the water and the Fratellis are up on deck. Uh, but what's happening? What was this trap that was set off? So, uh, kids need to get out of there. So they <laughs> trying to find a way out, they make it over to the wall and they're trying to figure out, you know, how they get out of this cave. Uh, so they're going to light one of those candles that they found from uh, Chester Copperpot. Right, right. And um, that's not really a candle. That was a very old kind of TNT explosive. And so um, you can see that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of activity happening on the ship to kind of pull like the anchors being pulled up. Um, it's really strange uh, what, what's happening, but they're in this cavern and now the cavern has like got a hole in the side of it. And so there's a bunch of rocks that are starting to fall. The, it looks like the ceiling is going to cave, you know, cave in. And so, you know, they have to figure out a way to get out of there. And Mikey's actually in the water when Bran's trying to pull him out into this um, because they can start to see some daylight on the side. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, Mikey's really lamenting the fact that, you know, he had to give all the rich stuff back. Like he has, they have nothing. So they're leaving with nothing and they can't save their house. And, mm-hmm. you know, Brand's like, look, we, we don't, <laughs> we don't have a future if we don't leave. Like I, she's like the, this, the, that treasure was our future. And he's like, Mikey, if we don't leave now, we won't have a future. We got to go. So um, they try and get out of this kind of cave area that's been made by uh, the TNT, but it's starting to cave in again um, mm-hmm. as, as it does. Um, but 
Sloth is there and he's really strong and he's really big and he kind of holds up the rocks while all of the kids kind of go through his legs to the outside mm-hmm. and Chunk doesn't want him to, to, to leave him. Um, but, uh, you know, because he, he's not going to be able to hold it for much longer, but Sloth literally like pushes him in the face and makes him go. And yeah. it's really sweet, but it's very sad because he's like, I love you. I love you, Chunk. And he kind of pushes him out. And then he um, has to step back or else he's going to get really hurt. And so all the rocks mm-hmm. end up coming down and coming down. So the kids, the, the, the kids all make it, but the Fratellis, all, all four of them or three of them, four of them are stuck uh, inside this cave now um Mm -hmm. with no hope of escape we think yeah oh yeah it is it is really sad and it's really sweet like you said sloth holds that rock up and you know helps them all escape and you think that that's probably sloth Sloth probably made uh, the ultimate sacrifice there to save these kids but um but the kids do make it out so they get out onto this beach and uh you know they're walking out and there are a couple of uh police officers there uh, park rangers or beach police uh, people kind of walking down the beach and see the kids so uh then almost instantly get all the parents are all there the news is there a bunch more police officers are there and the kids are trying to tell them the story of you know what happened and why they've been gone the parents are just happy that they're safe you know it's whatever whatever you were doing was not worth you know risking your lives for um but about this time we see the uh four members of the fratelli family coming out in kind of the same way that the boys came around yeah. Yeah. They, I don't know how they made it out, but they did. And, you know, the, the two brothers, um, of course, Sloth and the mom, you know, at first they're, you know, they're saying, um, you know, they, the cops are there. They're saying, you know, Hey, we're going to arrest all of you. And then of course, Chunk and all the Goonies kind of back up around Sloth and they're like, absolutely not. He's a good guy. It's there. They're the bad guys. And, um, and so it looks like, um, they're going to go ahead and take the Fratellis away, but um, Sloth doesn't really have anywhere to go. And so Chunk kind of gives him a big hug and he's like, you're going to come live with me, <laughs> which I think is so sweet. Uh, it always makes, it always warms my heart because Chunk, you know, he's such a loving kind of doofus, right? He's, he's mm-hmm. a complete klutz and all he wants to do is eat food, bless his little heart. <laughs> he's like me. <laughs> Yeah. And, but he really loves sloth. They become really good friends. And he says, you know, you're going to come live with me and I love you. And, and of course the sloth, you know, he, he looks kind of funny. His ears kind of are uh, not um, symmetric and they kind of wiggle and, mm-hmm. but he's like, I love you chunk. And it's just a really heartfelt moment. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So yeah. the Fratellis are going to jail and all the kids are talking to themselves and talking to their parents and of course you know like andy's asking her parents if she can take piano lessons and mouth and steph kind of have a uh, a moment they share a moment where they say they're sorry for being mean to each other because i think they kind of like each other mm-hmm. um my yeah, favorite and- moment oh go ahead oh i was gonna say, and uh data's there with his uh parent and like his dad has you know one of the same kind of contraptions that we'd seen data using uh through there trying to get a camera to take a picture of him and he says oh dad you know hugs are better than pictures anyways so uh they give a hug but yeah all the kids are there they're all with their families they're all safe and sound uh which is the important bit but they didn't get any of the treasure um you know fratelli didn't get any of the treasure are locked up so that's good i guess but no treasure no Um, treasure and but 
Troy's father ends up being there um, and the other guy that have yeah. bought the these. And so I, I don't know why they're there, um, but, it's you know, it's the next day time to time to sign. Oh, I guess it house. is. Like, it has yeah. been overnight. Right. And <laughs> yeah, so, so they're so they're there. They just they just show up to yeah. be jerks because that's what they are, I guess. So. Yeah. Mikey tries to explain, you know, he says, I'm really sorry, Dad. We we had our hands on the future, but we had to leave. Um and I'm really sorry we blew it. And his dad is so nice, Mr. Walsh. He says, you know, you, you know, it's fine. As long as you guys are okay and we're all a family still, like we're the richest people in Astoria. And of course, Troy's dad is like, you're looking at the richest people in Astoria. Now yep. sign the document. <laughs> and so, you know, Rosalita is there and, um, you know, Mikey has a marble bag and he, I like a little marble, it's kind of like a sack. Um mm-hmm. Uh, it's about the size of your hand and he hands it over to Rosalita in the confusion and she opens it up and she starts screaming something in Spanish and nobody knows what she's saying. And of course she's saying it so fast. Um, it takes a minute for mouth to realize that he's, she's saying, don't sign, like don't sign the document. And of mm-hmm. course, then she opens up, uh, you know, Mrs. Walsh kind of opens up her hands and uh, Rosalita starts pouring out the bag and it's rubies and diamonds and a bunch of jewels that mm-hmm. now they can barter somehow for the cash to pay the mortgage. And so they get to keep their house and everybody gets to keep their house. So then of course, Mr. Walsh makes this big deal about, you know, we're not going to sign this ever. No one's ha- going to have to sign anything. And they rip up the, the mortgage uh, purchase papers and throw them in the air. And it's like this big, really great sigh of relief for everybody. Uh, yeah. So you know, tragedy averted there. All the uh, families are going to get to keep their house. Um, and, you know, it's finally sinking in that the, that the Goonies here were uh, right all along on this crazy adventure. Uh, Cause after he rips up the papers, we get kind of the, the last shot and it's uh, one-eyed Willie's ship. So that's what the, uh, the final little uh, contraption there that the Fratellis set off was to uh, basically raise anchor on the ship and send it back out to sea. So One-Eyed Willie is back on his next pirating adventure as this ship's just going out and over the horizon. And that's really, that's how it ends. You've got this really beautiful scene of it coming out across the ocean. Um, there's a bunch of rocks in Astoria. So the waves are crashing against these rocks and the Goonies are there and they're all, they all just kind of sit and watch it in its splendor as it uh, kind of goes over the sunrise because the sun oh, is, yeah. is rising mm-hmm. uh, on the other side. And it's, it's quite pretty actually. And then all of a sudden you get Cindy Lopper's good enough song, like over the credits. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's funny because that uh, earlier in the movie, uh, Cindy Lauper, the video, the music video was on the TV uh, back at uh, Mike and Brian's house when they were uh, right. hanging out there earlier. But yeah, it comes back on and that's that's how it ends. One-Eyed Willie is back, set free. Um, uh, Mikey says something along the lines of, you're, you know, thanks, One-Eyed Willie, you're, you're free now or uh, something like that. And it's, you know, nice and tidy little uh, wrap up there for the Goonies. So that's pretty good. Yeah. What do you think about this one, Brian? So The Goonies is a super fun adventure. Um, it is goofy and silly. And uh, you have to have to suspend some belief, but that's what you need to do in these fun uh, kind of 
kid adventure films. Um, and that's what makes them a good time, I think. So uh, The Goonies, as I mentioned, came out in 1985. So I, I probably I probably wouldn't have watched it probably until a couple years after that, because I would have been pretty young still in 1985 to have watched this. But yeah, this was something that got rented on uh, VHS quite a bit. And, you know, it's uh, it seems to me, at least in uh, if my memory serves that Goonies was one of those that always was on like a Sunday matinee, like mm-hmm. you could see that sprout up, uh, you know, periodically on TV and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, so Goonies was a pretty frequent watch, you know, at least through my childhood. And I think, you know, people our age, that's probably the same. Uh, what about you? What is your um, Goonies uh, experience like? So I think I saw this when I was still living in Montana. So I would have been like six um, which would have been around 1987. So that makes sense. Cause it w- I wouldn't have seen it in the theater. Um, I would have seen it at home and it's, it's one of my all time kind of, like you said, favorite Sunday afternoon kind of movies where you don't have to be sitting and, and fully present to watch it. Um, mm-hmm. but if you are, it's actually really a lot of fun. And there are a lot of things that, you know, it, even though we're doing kind of a deep dive, there's a lot of things that I've noticed that, um, that really connect the movie well. So for example, at the beginning, when they find this Chester Copperpot story in the attic, you know, he says, I have the key to One-Eyed Willie. And what you realize is when you're watching it is he did have the key. He had that skeleton key. He never got to use it mm-hmm. because he died um, in the very first booby trap that ever came about. But, you know, there's a lot of things that uh, it it does really well. And it kind of brings together and, and ties it up really nicely. Um, so I've seen this probably, gosh, 50 to 100 times. I, I I could probably recite the whole thing. It's very, very good to me. I think it's great for kids. It's got a little bit of language, um, mm-hmm. but it, and it's got a couple of cringy moments with Troy because he's a bully and he's like gross. Um, but yeah. other than that, I mean, but that's good. I think it's good for kids to see some of that to an extent because they need to recognize that that's not good <laughs> behavior. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. um, so I really liked it. Um, and I think my favorite scene, and you talked about it where, you know, Data and his dad, right? Um, d- his dad has this camera and he's trying to take a picture and Data says, you can't, you know, you can't hug a photograph. Um, so it's, it's okay. Don't worry about that. Just come give me a hug. And his dad looks at him and says, you were my, you were my greatest invention. And I think that that is just super sweet. Like there's so many heartfelt things that are said that are kind of corny, but they're really beautiful. Um, it's a beautiful expression of friendship because they don't always all get along. You know, mouth has a mouth on him. He says things that he doesn't mean, you know, mm-hmm. um, chunk, you know, they, they can count on him to be a klutz, but he really does come through in the end because he ends up really saving them from the Fratellis um, when he shows up with, with Sloth. You know, it, it, it's really fun. And I think that um, we could use more of these kinds of films. I love a good drama and I love a good kind of serious film and or historic film. Um, but I think we need more of these. And I'm not we're not seeing a lot of them, mm-hmm. you know, to be honest, where there's some trials and tribulations, but the good guy wins and it's and it's still OK. Like it's it's family friendly enough for your kid to watch and um so yeah, we need to make more of these, please. Maybe not more of the Goonies. I, let's not mess with the Goonies, but like we need to make more of these type of films. Yeah, let's let's not do any more any more uh, Goonies. But yeah, we could uh, definitely do some some more of these kind of coming of age stories that are geared more at uh, younger audience. And I think that's why I liked um, 
that film the of love and monsters yes is that what that was called um that yes. we watched uh you know as part of the oscar watch because it kind of had it was it was probably a little bit more mature themed than than the goonies but you know kind of the kind of the same kind of thing like i said like these coming of age stories that are good for good for kids and good for adults because you can see them on a lot of layers which are why movies like the goonies and the movie we did last week the karate kid uh, were so popular and resonate with so many people because you, know, you can enjoy them as a child but you really kind of understand what the uh, movie's about as you kind of age with it so uh, yeah, uh, love the Goonies. So definitely check it out. So anyone listening, let us know uh, how much you like the Goonies or if you've never watched the Goonies or uh, if you need to watch the Goonies again. And while you're doing that, make yourself up the Goonie, uh, the cocktail that we made for this one. It's pretty fun. It's pretty good. So give that one a try. If you make it, uh, you want to tag us pictures of it on our Instagram and Twitter, that's at Drink the Movies, and on Facebook.com slash Drink the Movies. You can find the recipe, pictures of the one that we made, episode recaps, um, all that good stuff on our website, which is www.drinkthemovies.com. And when you're done going to the website, uh, you should go and review the podcast. Michaela, where should they go do that? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. We'd appreciate it if you subscribed. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review because that really helps us get Drink the Movies out there. Tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your coworkers, have a drink, share it with them. You know, one thing that I did notice um, uh, that is going on a lot these days is kind of virtual happy hours with friends and mm. things, because we're mm -hmm. still not out of the woods yet, especially if you have global friends and family, you know, share a cocktail with them, talk about a movie, um, yep. you know, tag us when you do it, because it's it's a great way to come together and talk about something that you love that's not super serious uh, in a very serious time. So I, I really encourage people to do that. Um and uh, and we'll be here <laughs> and we'll be and we'll be here. But uh, we're not going to be here for very much longer because uh, the Goonie I made for myself is almost gone. And I need a refill if I'm going to follow in Chester Copperpot's footsteps and find any more treasure. I agree. This one went down nicely. I'm ready for a second. I think this is going to become a really good drink for me long term. So let's do it. Let's make some well. more. All right, well, we're going to go mix up another one of those, and then we will talk to everyone next time on Drink, Drink the, movies. the Movies. Goonies never say die. Hey, you guys. <laughs>